Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of two living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. This week, I bring you my conversation with Emma Sheeb of Simple, Slow, and Lovely. Emma is a self-proclaimed introvert who craves all things simple and slow in life. She lives in New Zealand with her husband and two children. Her writing has been featured on Introvert Deer, A Life in Progress, The Life on Purpose Movement, Becoming Unbusy, and No Sidebar. Today, we're going to speak about slow living and how we all could benefit from a slower approach to our daily lives. As always, before we get to the interview, I wanted to encourage you to pause and head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. One of the best ways to support the podcast is to do this as it helps the show develop a wider audience, enabling me to bring you quality content and creators. Another thing you might have noticed a couple of weeks ago is that I've started to incorporate some sponsors into the show. I choose sponsors carefully and try to be as intentional as possible when it comes to what will be the most realistic and a minimalist pursuit. I believe in the companies I choose to work with, so check them out and see if their product would be something that fits into your lifestyle. As I continue to work with more sponsors, know that they help make the Minimalist Moms podcast possible. Lastly, if you haven't shared the podcast with a friend, I would love that. Let's help others discover how freeing it can be to live life with purpose and do more with less. Now for the interview with Emma. Hi, Emma. How are you doing tonight? I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us from New Zealand. This is my first interview with someone outside of the U.S., so I'm really excited to have you. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me on today. Absolutely. So I gave the listeners a brief overview of just a little bit who you are on your social media and what you've been doing with your blog, but can you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. I live in New Zealand, as you said. We live in, for those that don't know, um, New Zealand is a small country underneath Australia, and it's made up of two islands, the North Island and the South Island. (laughs) And we live in the top of the South Island in a beautiful small town, um, called Motueka, and we have really close access to one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Uh, and pretty much on our doorstep is one of New Zealand's national parks. So we're very, very lucky um, and very grateful for the place that we get to live in. And I am a mum and a mum to two girls who are 10 and a half and five and a half um, and a wife and it's funny I was thinking yesterday I always seem to describe myself that way first as a as a mum and a wife and I thought what else can I say about myself mm. um that always seems to come first but you know mums are so much more than than just that but I I would describe myself as an introvert and a runner I love running I love writing so um that's come out in most recent years on my blog I guess that yeah that's kind of who I am um what I do with my work online is try and spread the message of slowing down because I think it is so important to do in our world and our society today Absolutely. I feel like we would have so much in common. I'm sad that New Zealand is so far from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a long way. Um, my husband and I have traveled. We traveled um, about just before we had our first child. We went and spent a month touring around the States. And it is a very, very long way. So we don't get over that part of the world very often. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I like how you said that 
you describe yourself as a mother and a wife first, and it is hard to kind of start giving ourselves titles that don't include those things once we step into those roles. I, I feel like this, mm. I feel the same way. Yeah, and I think it's really, I, I've always felt like it's very important to define myself aside from that. I mean, being I love being a mom. I love my girls. But I, I wasn't <laughs> growing up. I, I didn't definitely didn't rush to have children, and um, and I wasn't sort of you know the one that loved babies and and that kind of thing. So you know, whilst I love them and would you know would do anything for them, I I know that for my health, it's important <laughs> for me to define myself in other ways and um, to know who I am outside of them and outside of being a mum. I think that's really important for any for any mums. No, I absolutely agree. And I have found that the more that I start to really enjoy this podcast that I'm creating and just the content, it's hard because I want to put so much of my focus on my creative work. And I remember like, oh, like your main job right now is taking care of these kids, but also like this is kind of your outlet for self-care and that's important too. And it's just it's so yeah. interesting how that you balance and juggle all the different roles so I, I just wanted to say I love how you you recognize that your creative outlet so your podcasting and for me my writing mm-hmm. um, is actually a form of self-care I think that that is that's totally what it looks like for me at this point in my life self-care is definitely not bubble baths and manicures it's it's being able to do yeah, the creative things. So I, I love that you are on board with that. Yeah, it's a hobby that's outside of my normal thought process with my children. It, it just gets my brain thinking yeah. in a different way than I'm used to using it every day. So and I'm sure writing is the same. I write a little bit with the mantras. I haven't been writing them as much for the podcast, but I know that writing is definitely a creative outlet for a lot of people. So I wanted Mm. to get into minimalism and just how you said that you love talking about going slow and living a slow life. But before we get into all that, would you consider yourself a minimalist? You know, I I think I would, but I would put a big kind of caveat around that because I think minimalism means different things to to different people and I think you know it's a very subjective concept so where I might say I am you know I am a minimalist I think some people would look at me and say well you're you're not (laughs) but yeah I, I think that I am but it's definitely for me it's more about the mindset and rather than um, having a certain amount of coffee mugs or you know or even a certain amount of clothes whilst I love the challenges like the project 333 for me being a minimalist is more about focusing in on what the essentials are for my life and letting go of what you know what what else is what's left Mm -hmm. yeah I feel as though a lot of individuals have either one or they have strengths in one or the other for me I feel as though I'm really good at decluttering and keeping my house really pared down to the basics of what we need and the mental element or the calendar loading, the scheduling or whatnot, all of that stuff, I feel like is a little bit trickier for me. I've gotten better at it. At, like through this podcast, I've gotten better at it. And through, honestly, just age, I've gotten better at that. But I feel like sometimes 
minimalists have a strength in one of those areas over another. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I struggled to really, I struggled to say that I'm a minimalist because I feel like I, like when I first started decluttering, I was kind of surprised at how quick it took because I have always been naturally inclined to less stuff. Um, I'm quite like I'm, I'm highly sensitive, especially to um, my environment. And so it's never, you know, I've always liked tidy, clean environments. And it just makes more sense to have less because it's, you know, it's quicker and easier to tidy up. But I've never been one to hold on to stuff. I don't have a lot of uh, sentimental things. You know, I have a few things, definitely. But yeah, I've just never been one to hold on to stuff. So I felt like it wasn't this this moment where I changed overnight and sent, um, I don't know, a carload of stuff to the to the thrift shop. But definitely for me, the big challenge is around as well, um, the slowing down and minimize, minimizing my schedule is definitely the pain point for me. Mm-hmm. So have you always valued a simple, slow life or do you feel like that's kind of come about more after getting married or after having children? I would say I probably had... I've had probably two big moments um, where I've sort of really been struck by how um, busy and overwhelmed my life was. <laughs> I jokingly call them my come to Jesus moments, those um, <laughs> come to slowing down moments. But yeah, I mean, it definitely re- revolved around my marriage and my, my children. So growing up sort of through my late teens and 20s, I was very, very, very pushed internally. I pushed myself very, very hard to do all of the things um, that I could. I guess I it was definitely from a point of um, wanting to be accepted. So that came from a really deep place of, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind sharing this, but I was adopted when I was a baby. So um, I've grown up with this sense of sort of not belonging, but also not being um, acceptable, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it's been really great to dig into that over the last five years. 10 years and really understand that. I really felt that during my 20s, I pushed and pushed to do all of the things because I felt like that was what would make me acceptable. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I pushed myself to burn out. So the first, the first significant time was pretty crazy. I had, our, our first daughter was about a year, maybe a year, a year and a half. And I was in, enrolled in a master's degree, which I had only just downgraded from a PhD and realized that it was just too much having a newborn and trying to do that. So I was doing my master's degree, um, had a small child. I had also taken on a full-time job because it was a wonderful opportunity and (laughs) I was at the point in my degree where I felt that I could take on a full-time job as well so I was doing that and I and on top of that I decided that I would train for a half Ironman because I just (laughs) you know just add it on um and it was so incredibly stressful and I had no I didn't think there was any other way I thought this was what you did I had no ways of coping with all that stress that really I was just putting on myself um the only way that I knew how to cope was through drinking and things got in a pretty bad space I'm very very grateful and uh, lucky to still be married today I you know our marriage nearly ended because of the pressure that I put on myself so that was really my first point where I just said you know this is just crazy I can't I can't live like this anymore and I didn't really start to read or learn more about minimalism or slow living until 
even later than that. So I intuitively knew that I needed to slow down, um, slow my pace. But it wasn't until I had my, my, I was pregnant with my second daughter. Um, by then we'd moved um, to be closer to family because we felt that that would be better for our children and help, more helpful for us. And I was I was still working full time. I was pre- yeah, pregnant. Um, we had our da- other daughter who was four. I have this moment where I, like I really remember it very vividly, laying and uh, being pregnant, laying in bed with my laptop one night and I literally Googled how to slow down or something like that some version of that um and I actually came across um do you know Brooke McCallery um she wrote she's an Australian and she wrote the book called Slow she's amazing and um yeah basically I stumbled upon her website and I'm so so grateful for for the work that she does in this space because she introduced me really to this concept of slowing down and yeah and then through her podcast that she does with her husband and so that was so it's six years ago now, and I haven't really looked back. Um, and I just discovered that, you know, all these things I was doing to try and keep up were really just pulling me down and burning me out constantly. So, yeah, and it's an ongoing thing. I, c- I couldn't say now that I'm perfectly unbusy. <laughs> it's just a thing that you have to keep on top of, like, I think, like physical decluttering. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just stop after you've done it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you first and foremost for sharing that information and just being vulnerable with the audience. I think that probably a lot of us can relate to not necessarily exactly the path that you took to kind of get to this point, but I think for a lot of us, we do cope with busy with some type of outlet such as alcohol or food or exercise or overspending. I just, there is so much comparison, even when I feel like we don't necessarily know it consciously there's maybe like some subconscious pattern of thought going on in our mind to where it just drives us to seek outlets in what's comfortable and for you as you said it was drinking at a point I know for me I've (laughs) relied on food as comfort exercise just various eating disorders in my 20s to where I felt like I couldn't control people's perception of me or I wanted to and so those would be like things that I could control so All that to say, Mm -hmm. I just think that that's really awesome that you were willing to share and be vulnerable with all of us. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm very, um, I am an open book because I just think I've gone through things to to help other people. And, you know, even if I can, (laughs) can help one other person to just stop and go, hey, you know, why am I living like this? But I do think, you know, it's really, choosing slow is so countercultural. We're really taught that that being busy is the way to be. <laughs> I just saw a friend who I hadn't seen to speak to in months and months, and we stopped outside um, the local butchers, and she said to me, "So how have you been busy?" And there was no there was no gap. Like I couldn't answer. She just said "busy" with a question mark on the end, as if to say. There's, there's no other answer, you know. <laughs> um, you, you should be busy. I assume you have been, so I'll answer for you. <laughs> and I was that sent a shock through me. Um, you know, I, I was almost offended, and I don't. I mean, I don't get offended, so I wasn't. But I thought, well, no, no I, you know, it's school holidays, and I've actually had a really nice day with my five-year-old, and <laughs> we haven't been busy today. <laughs> but yeah, we. It's like that constantly. Everyone 
you know, say, how are you? And the expected answer is busy. <laughs> We're not expected to say that we've been relaxing or taking things easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I, I'll jump around a little bit with my questions for you. But one of my questions I was going to ask you is because you live in New Zealand and I live in America, I wanted to see what the difference was like between the cultures, because I feel like as Americans, there's this notion of us being so busy and like jam packing our schedules and we're workaholics and we don't ever have time for family. And I feel like there have been books that I've read about other parts of the world and how they are a little bit slower in their lifestyle. But it's funny to hear you say that actually. So I guess my question for you would be, why do you think there is such a variation? Or do you think that other parts of the world are starting to become more busy? I would love to say that New Zealand (laughs) is, you know, is slow and, you know, we're laid back and and all that. But I don't think that's the case. I have lived in, for 10 years, my husband and I lived in the capital of New Zealand, which is Wellington. And so it was a much larger city um, than what we live in now. And whilst I think the pace of life is a a little bit slower here where we live now, um, it's not really any different because, and I think, I really think it's because of what we have fed on with social media, media in general. And yeah, I just, I don't think it's really all that different. I think if you go to places like, I guess I'm thinking of maybe Samoa or Papua New Guinea, uh, little island countries that are are close to us, um, you you get more of a, what they call island time, (laughs) talked about quite a lot. And, And definitely in places like that, I think, that you'll find that the pace of life is definitely a lot slower. So people don't sort of have anywhere to go or anywhere to be as much. But yeah, I really think that we're just, we're, we're too influenced here in New Zealand by the rest of the Western world. And I I think a lot of it, like, I mean, I hate to always blame stuff on technology because, you know, where would we be without technology? We wouldn't be talking right now. But I do believe that if you take technology out of the the equation, we have a lot more chance to slow down. Yeah, does that kind of (laughs) answer the question? No, it absolutely does. I do think that there is, I've talked about on the podcast before, a badge of busy. And if you're not busy, then what are you doing with your time? Everyone else is busy, so how are you filling your time? And so I think that there is this concept or idea of, living a more fast-paced approach to life means that you're more successful or you just yeah. have more, you know? Well, I don't know if you you may have come across this already, but um, there there is actually research to back that up. So a few years ago, uh, I want to say maybe three or four years ago, I'm a research, <laughs> I'm a researcher. That's kind of my background. So I, I really love digging into research behind things. But um, some researchers from... Uh, one of them was from the Columbia Business School anyway. I'm not sure where the rest of them were. Um, they did a series of experiments looking at how how people, how their participants perceived. They gave them a story about two separate, well, I think there may be more than two, but a couple of separate examples of people in their job. And, you know, one of them was very busy and had lots of appointments and meetings. And the other one basically, <laughs> you know, did nothing. And what they found is that the participants perceived those who the one that worked all the time and had no leisure time as being more important (laughs) and of a higher status Um, and they actually replicated that over several different experiments and to bring this back to the 
the culture thing, what I found really interesting was when they did this, so they did it with a bunch of Italians as well. So they singled out Italian participants. Italians didn't judge them that way. So their, their effect was reversed. The Italians actually saw those that had more leisure time as being of higher status. So, yeah, I think that's really interesting that, you know, it's a definite real effect that we, you know, that is there. No, that's really fascinating. I love that you dive deeper into the research elements of all of this. Well, jumping into more of a conversation about motherhood and slowing down, how do you, or I should say, what do your days look like as a mother of two and keeping that slow mentality woven throughout your days? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely um, a hard thing to do with kids. Um, I, I really struggle with, uh, I I'm, feel like I'm often telling my children to hurry up when I'm telling the rest of the world <laughs> through my online platform to slow down. It seems so ridiculous, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know mm-hmm. what kids are like. It's like, put your shoes on, come on. And they still haven't done it after 10 minutes or 15 minutes. It's like, hurry up, hurry up. But yeah, I mean, what my days look like for me um my days are all different so I'm I'm kind of juggling a couple of different things work-wise at the moment both my kids are in school now so that's been a new change for us this year but for me in order to take things slow I really really guard my mornings quite fiercely so I um I make sure I take time in the morning to read that kind of my I don't have a big morning routine but that's my current thing. My kids often um, just, you know, I know a lot of people will think this is, I don't know, I I feel like I'll get judged for this, but whatever. Um, My kids often get up and just put the TV on in the mornings and that's kind of their way of settling into the day. And and I like that, like they snuggle up with a blankie and I sit down and next to them with a book and it's just a really nice time <laughs> and that and that's the way I start my day without technology but my other main way that I really like to you know get a get some moments of slow and with the kids is just to get outside that's my my biggest I guess tip um, for mums who are wanting to slow down is actually just open the door and walk outside and go for an explore yeah I found that that's especially with kids you know they're just amazed at at everything and that it's just such a helpful way to just get off the the hamster wheel I suppose. Mm -hmm. I'm very envious that you live by such a beautiful state park in New Zealand that would be (laughs) I would be out there exploring probably every moment of every day but for someone that is more of a city living or more urban dweller do you have a tip what would what would going outside look like and living slowly outside look like for someone like that i guess we we are lucky we do have a couple of beaches close to us but i think when i think back to the time when i was in wellington going to like local parks and also just being in an urban playground that's outside i think the it's you know the kids get a chance to see trees and and even clouds and I love just when we take a moment to stop and go oh what what does that cloud look like (laughs) does that look like a dragon does that look like a teacup just for me it's all about really tiny mindful moments um, when I'm outside as well and not just letting their outside time kind of just yeah making sure I'm mindful with whatever we're doing outside this is kind of off the cuff, but would you say that your girls or, well, 
girls and your husband, do they notice this in you? Do they live the same way because of your influence? I think they do. I, yeah, I crave, I crave being outside a lot and I'm really trying to foster that in them. And so I think um, they're definitely <laughs> seeing that because I'm, I'm pushing them to get out, you know, come, come for a bike ride. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I definitely think that they have noticed small changes in, in what I do and the things that I do. I know that when I first started getting up in the morning to read instead of sitting down, because I used to just get up, make a coffee, sit down at my laptop and, you know, look at emails or whatever. And when I first started to swap that out for 10 or 15 minutes of reading, I my daughter was like, why, why are you reading? <laughs> it's 7 o'clock in the morning, why are you reading? <laughs> Yeah, reading is one of my absolute favorite things to do. And I've had the conversation before that I want to have handheld books in my hands more often because so often I'm reading on my Kindle (laughs) on my phone. And so my kids are seeing me once again on my phone. And so I want them to see that book in my hand to know what I'm doing because it's Again, it's a great way to live slow and without all the images of a television flashing in our faces. I, I just, I love starting my day that way as well. Um, yeah. Well, do you have any other tips for moms listening that maybe just have been living this busy lifestyle and really what is like one thing they could do to cut back like right away and busy, being busy and living more of an intentionally slow life? To be honest, I think... The biggest thing you can do as a mum is to say no to yourself, which I don't know. I, I'm a big believer in saying no and we can <clears throat> we can learn how to say no to other people and that's really important to do as well um, when, we, when we're having demands placed um, on our time. But I think the best way to practice saying no is to start with ourselves. For me, I... I will oftentimes get so overscheduled because of the things that I'm putting on myself. So one kind of practical thing that you can do. So if you're a mum and you're you're making your either mental or you know pen to paper to do list for the next day or for that day, is actually at the time that you're making it, just make a choice to cross something off. <laughs> like you don't have to do all the things. So make a choice that every day before you even start your day cross something off and I know that kind of sounds almost pessimistic but I think we just put so much pressure on ourselves to do all the things and how freeing is it if we can just make a choice that you know we don't we don't have to do all of the things so that's probably my big my big one is just learning how to um, say no and am I allowed to say two (laughs) yeah absolutely go ahead just because yeah I think for me a real game changer as a parent and to be honest this didn't happen I don't feel like it really happened until we had our second child but a really big game changer for me and incorporating more slow time is just aiming for one small mindful moment of my day and it really sets the tone um so and it doesn't have to be the same thing and I guess um, I'm not talking necessarily about you know meditation or yoga even though I love yoga, but something like I'll often take the time that I'm brewing my tea in the morning and instead of doing something else while I'm waiting for it to brew, just taking that time to stand there and, you know, just be in that moment. And if I do that with one small thing during the day, 
just bringing my my full attention to the task that I'm doing. And I think as a mum, you know, it, that I find great satisfaction when I can do that with just for something like folding the washing because it's something I don't enjoy. But if I can really just focus on just doing that and on each aspect, <laughs> like it, I don't, I, it's quite hard to articulate what I'm saying, but be really, really focused on that one thing, single tasking, I suppose, and just try and do it once a day. And honestly, it made such a huge difference to the way I approach the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt like, I was able to just live more in the moment and less hurried and frantic. No, I love that. I'm usually multitasking, listening to a podcast while I'm doing all of those things that you mentioned. So I'm going to try that tomorrow and just try to be more mindful (laughs) when I'm making my coffee or making the kids breakfast, because I, I think that it would really set my day, like the intention for the day would just be started off in a better way so I really like that advice yeah yeah and it just doesn't have to be a big deal it just can be one literally one minute don't you know don't add it onto your list of to-do things like oh I've got to do my (laughs) mindful moment but when you remember just take a moment it's such a nice it's a nice thing to do I feel like it's almost a part of my Mm -hmm. self-care routine as well Mm -hmm. yeah I agree Well, as we're wrapping up, I'd love to know what your minimalist moment of the week has been. (laughs) Funnily enough, my daughter is really, really into her dolls at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she just wants me to play um, dolls with her all the time. It's kind of, it's really cute. But I, I had just, you know, been thinking that the school holidays would be a really great time to go through all of our toys. And when I say all of, we really don't have a lot. I feel like I kind of deprive my children. <laughs> but we do have kind of a big box of baby stuff. And I thought, yes, you know, this is the time that I'm going to do it. And she's literally just really started to play with them. Um, and it's been real challenging for me because I'm like, oh, this is the one thing I wanted to do this week, you know, is to declutter that area and and yeah so I don't know if that's necessarily a minimalist moment but it's it's kind of a challenge for me this week no it absolutely is I think that I a lot of my minimalist moments of the week have to do with paring down children's items because I feel like things just come into the house and you're like how did this get here this wasn't my intention so no yeah I I think that that's yeah that's a great minimalist moment. Well, then, what is something that you can't stop talking about? Ooh, I want to say the awful diet that I'm doing at the moment, actually. Which <laughs> now I'm not—I'm not a dieter, but I—I'm—I'm I'm a bit whingy about the predicament that I'm in. I've been actually having some struggling over the past year with some autoimmune issues, and so I am put myself on an autoimmune protocol just because I really like the idea of naturally healing myself. I'm not having coffee or chocolate at the moment, so (laughs) I cannot stop telling people how poorly I am because I have no caffeine and no chocolate. (laughs) That would be very tough. Is there a specific autoimmune diet that you're following or is it just something that you're kind of playing around with? Uh, No, so I, I am following, I guess, I think it's the main one, which is called the auto AIP diet, autoimmune protocol uh no sorry autoimmune paleo protocol I think it's called but and I and I really do hate that it's kind of got the word diet associated with it because I don't 
Yeah, I don't want to diet any, anymore. I've been there, done that, and I don't want to do that. But I have to say that it's just made such a huge difference to me. I know that there's that famous Aristotle quote. He says, thy food is thy medicine, or let thy food be thy medicine. And I yes, am yeah. a very big believer in that. So good luck as you finish this up and try and figure all that out. Well, thank you again for coming on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Where can everyone find you if they want to connect with you online? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, so I am on Facebook, probably probably like the main channel for me at the moment. I am on Instagram as well. So I'm at Simple Slow Lovely on both of those, Instagram and Facebook. And But the best place to find me is via my website. So that's www.simpleslowlovely.com. Um, and I do write there most weeks, pretty much every week. And I have a great community of um, people there who are... I guess just like me wanting to slow down and yeah, we'd love to, um, I'd love to have you join a few, if that's something that resonates with you wanting to slow down, pop on over and check, check it out. Great. Well, I'll include all of that in the show notes for people just so if they're driving or something, they don't crash while trying yeah. to mark it down. But again, thank you so much for joining us and I hope you have a great night. Awesome. Thank you, Diane. What did you think of the conversation with Emma? To live a slow life doesn't come easy, but it's definitely worth it. I know the moments I feel the most relaxed are when I'm taking the time to be mindful of my day-to-day. If you aren't quite living the slower life you'd like to lead, don't fret, because I'm not either. Combating busy is a practice. It is going to take time. I have to remind myself of that. I really liked how Emma said to take a moment each day to just quiet yourself and be mindful. I'm the worst at this, as I always like to listen to a podcast or a book on tape. I think that's what I'll work towards this week. Sprinkling in moments. Quiet, reflective, mindful moments. What about you? What did you think of this episode? I'd like to know. I invite you to keep the conversation going by visiting minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.